Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Today, we will be talking about the impact journalists can have when they share their personal experiences around identity. Marian Jiaming Liu is a journalist and the project's editor at the Washington Post, but that hasn't always been her byline. She has for a long time just been credited as Marian Liu, sacrificing an important piece of her identity to avoid awkward conversations about how to pronounce or spell her full Chinese name. That was until last year, when she was witnessing racist hate crimes against the Asian community in America. It motivated her to write about her struggles with fitting into society as a child from an immigrant family, and to take a firmer stance on embracing her full and truly authentic byline. The response to that piece has been emphatic. The Washington Post has seen a record call-out, receiving thousands of similar accounts of butchered pronunciations and adopting anglicised names. It shows that when journalists take the first plunge, they can empower readers to follow suit, and we'll hear more about all of that, so don't go anywhere. Marion, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Thank you ever so much for coming onto the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'd like to kick things off uh, in an interesting place with a question our audience doesn't normally hear, and it's one I normally do in the pre-interview. Um, how do we pronounce your full name? Marion Jiaming Liu. Marion Jiaming Liu. Is that about right? Ooh, you got it right on the first time. That's like the only person who's <laughs> got it right the first time. Thank you. Well, I mean, it, that question will make sense in, in the context of today's conversation. But I guess just, just coming at that opening question. Yeah. When, you know, as a, as a Westerner, British man, you know, you're, you're confronted with a name that same, sounds a bit foreign to you. I guess there's two ways you can maybe go about it. One, you can anglicize it a bit and maybe you'd say Marion, Jarming, Leo. Or you can try a bit more of an authentic pronunciation as I attempted to then. Do you have any preference, just just out of curiosity? I appreciate it when people ask and not just attempt. I mean, even ironically, when the first piece I wrote came out about my name, I spoke to a lot of radio stations about my name and they didn't ask and they would just massacre it on live radio to my horror. Or even when I talked to students, it would make me feel like, why did I do this? Why did I want to be open about it when you're just going to mess it up? Um, because it is my middle name that is the Chinese part. And before writing about the piece, I didn't include it in my byline. And it made me think, like, was it a right decision to do it if people are going to mess it up? Well, well, we'll definitely jump into all of that. But one thing I would love our audience to to find out about just to start with is what does your name mean? Because it's got a wonderful backstory. Oh, thank you. So the last name Leo means willow tree. Um, and then Chinese names typically are three characters and it goes last name, generation name, and then your own name. So Leo would go first. Generation name is Jia. It actually means home. Um, which I mean, as a journalist, it has a nice meaning because I've traveled all over the world, lived in from Florida to Hong Kong for work. So home has meant different things to me, but it comes from a poem. So every single generation has shares the, on my dad's side, shares the generation name. So we all have jaw. And then um, the next generation would take the next word in the poem. And so you are connected to both past and present and future that way. And then Ming, my own name, 
Um, the character, one side is a moon, one side is a sun. It means bright. And if you connect it with my grandfather's name, it means smart. So his name is Chong. So Chong Ming means smart. And it's a guy's name. It's actually the same name as Yao Ming's Ming, the basketball player. And my grandpa gave me that because he didn't want me to be the typical girl who couldn't do anything for herself. It clearly has a lot of significance for you. Can you, mm-hmm. can you put that into words for me, just what your name means to you? Um, that's a kind of a heavy question. I think versus my first name, it's just like taken off. It's just a riff off my Chinese name. It's just a first name, really. First letter. Um, my Chinese name really connects me to my family and the people that I care about. So it really is a sense of home in, in my name. Super interesting. And you've, and you've written so eloquently about this uh, at the Washington Post about you know, Thank you. Your, your grapples with identity and how that's actually come through in your byline as well. Can you can you tell us a bit more about that? So I started writing for the Washington Post through their race and identity newsletter called About Us and um, started writing a lot about the Asian community and representing, I guess, the facets of who I am, you know, female, Asian, um, childhood immigrants. And when the anti-Asian attacks started happening at the very beginning of the pandemic. I started writing about it in 2020. Um, I I interviewed this lady who was even, things had even gone so bad then in 2020. She was ashamed of, she wanted to change her face. That's how ashamed she was of being Asian, um, of the racism she was getting even then. And then writing about how things were getting bad, how seniors were being attacked, interviewing victims, talked to us, this um, senior man who was getting off the subway in New York and his face was slashed cheek to cheek with a box knife, just getting off the subway for being Asian. And it was just heartbreaking. And I was being there for my community, but I don't think I was fully representing in who I was. And it wasn't until I ex- personally experienced a you know saw a racist incident like at the height of all this I was like I need to you know support the Asian community and I went to Vietnamese restaurant and the table next to me this guy a customer started making fun of the waiter's accent and besides the waiter and the restaurant staff me and my husband were the only Asians in the in the room and I was worried because in reporting just had seen so many of these kind of instances escalate. And so I just sunk down my seat, not like wanting to disappear. And my husband just stood up and glared at the man until he shut up. My husband caught up with me and he's like, we need to stand up and be proud of who we are. And I realized I needed to stop hiding. Yeah. I think you put it best that you were willing to call out racism in your journalism, but not in your personal life and this was a this was a moment for you to maybe change your mindset on that yeah yeah so i added my chinese name to my byline so what was it previously it was just marion lou marion yeah and i i even anglicize the last name i don't know if you can tell the way i say it and i still that's something i still work on so you know anglicize is lou like l-o-u but to really say it in correctly as leo it's clear there are a number of pain points here um i guess where i'd like to go with this is 
um, one of the things you write about as well is is kind of the adoption of American or or, or British names um, uh, amongst you know Chinese people um, as a way to really fit in with the with the community, so they're not you know sticking out as much. Um, mm-hmm. t- tell us a bit more about that as well. How that how that fits into this overall picture. Um, I mean, that's even the case of my mom. She came to the states as a graduate student, and her name is not that hard to pronounce or spell. It's just no accents, hyphenations, anything. It's just W A N I N, and Wan In. You say it like how it reads. And her professor was like, "You are Wanda now." And she was like, okay, I'm Wanda now. And she never questioned it to this day. And I was like, that's not okay. Person can't just name you. I mean, she's already in her 30s by that point. I take a few things from the conversation so far. For many people, names are deeply personal and important parts of their identity. Many adapt their names or accept errors for other people's convenience, to fit in, or to avoid uncomfortable conversations. For those with foreign names, it can be deeply exclusionary when people do not try to say their names correctly or ask them to take on a different one. It's as if you're asking them to be someone else. It's not really the same for native speakers like myself. It doesn't really bother me when people have mispronounced or misspelt my name, but what I've learned is that just because it doesn't matter to me, doesn't mean it doesn't matter to other people. Marian's writing about names and identity has caused an enormous ripple effect with her readers. A follow-up piece was just published this month, where readers submitted audio clips of their name's proper pronunciation and the backstory of their name's history and meaning. Ekaterina Vyacheslavovna Elson. Ekwaliao, or in Chinese, it's Ihua. Jaime Gabriel Garcia. Amanda Ayako Oda. Benidra Roots. Ahmed. Ahmed Ibrahim. I go by Aiden. The reason why I go by Aiden is an amalgamation of a joke uh, that started with a joke to actually a really, really, really deep and uh, sad reason. (laughs) It's the biggest call-out response the Washington Post has ever received. I had a call-out to readers, like, did you feel the need to anglicize your name? And it was the most substantive call-out the Post has ever received. More than a thousand people from all over the world. And there, this 17-year-old really struck me at such a young age for her to have these feelings of being such an outsider in her own skin. Like her, her parents like sought after, you know, priests to like the time of day and the sound and they found Mm. the perfect name to match their child. And it was, had to have the, you know, the sound of Sue. So they, her name is Sumana to a Western eye. There's a lot of consonants (laughs) and vowels going on. And she said that her parents took so much time and care, but little did they know they would give her a lifetime of never fitting in. Mm. So to say that at 17, and then not only saying that in 17, but saying that in California, where it's supposedly more diverse, is very heartbreaking. Indeed. And it it strikes me that this is not just um, something restricted to you personally, or just people with Chinese names. This is, frankly, something that any immigrant kind of community faces when they have an unusual name they find difficulty in fitting in they kind of adapt other names or or take on other names to try and assimilate with the culture and the response from your articles has just been frankly uh, outstanding to see that the other readers have got in touch with you i've gone through your comments on your linkedin profile and people saying wow this is this is you know people with like vietnamese names have said yes i've encountered this too people with malaysian names thai names all sorts it's Mm -hmm. it's it's a real phenomenon across uh, immigrants uh, immigrant society really yeah and not just immigrant i would just say 
people who don't have a typical name mm -hmm. because um, uh, in interviewing folks and, and looking at their responses, there was definitely a trend in, in talking about their names. I found that people, when they introduced themselves and they, they, they said they got these same questions, they got, um, how do I pronounce this? Can I call you something else? They even got, where are you really from? And what are you? And these are really offensive questions. And it's, it's encouraging that you kind of taking the first step here to embrace your identity and write about this has encouraged, you know, others to maybe follow suit. Yeah, it's, it's very sweet. There was a whole, um, all these people responded. There was even this, uh, group of girls in New York did this whole little social media thing where they held up signs like, this is my name. And they tagged me and they're like, this story made me, you know, show, embrace who I am. Um, I've even had people stop me in the, you know, street, like I read your name, <laughs> I read your story about your name. Um, it's really heartwarming that way. Just a quick one from me and then we'll jump back into the chat with Marion. Step out of the office for a day and join us for a day of networking and learning at our next digital journalism conference, News Rewired. We've got panels and workshops lined up with media experts taking place on the 23rd of May 2023 at News UK in London and we'd love to see you there. Visit newsrewired.com to grab your ticket. And the most recent one where you have like the voice clips of people explaining their own stories as well and, you know... Um, the chance to literally, you know, LinkedIn style almost, you know, how to pronounce their name. Where did that idea come from? Well, you, in terms of names, it's hard to understand how it's supposed to be said by just reading it. So of course it lends itself to audio. And when we were figuring out how we wanted to do the follow-up, we're like, how do we best pronounce this? We, And it's not me saying it is you want to hear the person say it, their mm -hmm. intonations in their voice and their accent or whatever. Um, so that's why we, we did that and incorporated it into the story so you can actually hear it. Yeah. And give their own accounts. I mean, you spoke there about just the real depth of responses that you got from this and you've managed to pick out, you know, half a dozen or so or, or slightly more from this next, this, this follow-up article. Mm -hmm. What was the selection process there? Um, it was actually very complicated. So the first story came out January of last year. And um, I don't always write. I'm an editor at work. So I was doing this on top of my other duties. Um, but we actually came to it as a very data way. We actually went through and kind of tagged what the responses were. That's why I can say, like, people had these general questions. We also tagged, like, what, you know age age range where they're from everything and then we wanted to find the most distinct themes like if there's something different than what i said because we didn't want to find people who had a similar story that i did and then decided on well the reason why i kind of re-examined my name was because i went through covering the anti-asian attacks and like was there some kind of event that propelled people to also re-examine their names? So we looked at like 9-11, BLM, things like that. As we heard previously, in the follow-up piece, people from countries like Ukraine, Egypt, Malaysia, Japan and Mexico got in touch with similar struggles. But the conversation continues to spread online. Here's one from a senior professional reader on LinkedIn who says, 
I've never used my Chinese name. My last name was the cause of assumption, ridicule, marginalisation, sidelining and embarrassment when younger. No more. Moving forward, the post will continue to feature more accounts from readers every month until Independence Day in the US, the 4th of July, a day which Marion says many Americans from immigrant backgrounds re-examine their identity. If you're in the US and would like to contribute, you can send your story about your name to 866-626-7359 and leave a voicemail. Or if you're outside the US, you can email Marion on marion.leo at washpost.com. It's just an overwhelming... I think need to be seen. And these aren't stories that are usually told. I'm just wondering, where does this story go from here? Because you've established that people have these pain points and you're, you're, you're sort of empowering people to reclaim their identity. What's the next evolution of this story, you think? I think for names, one of the worst responses I got from somebody and for my initial story was, I'm going to go to every Chinese person now and ask them their real name. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to respond. There is no such thing as real name. I think the person themselves defines what that is, whether that is in English or in a different language. I think that's a journey that you go on yourself. I kind of equate names to like a pair of jeans you don't always get comfortable on the first try I think it's sometimes you know what I mean you you have to get comfortable with it you know it, it takes time mm. whether that is in a more anglicized name or not and it could be your choice to take on that name or there was a guy who was uh Aiden because he was not comfortable with using his name Ahmed because he shared the same name as one of the 9-11 hijackers. And he said, even if you pronounce his name right, there's still that connotation. And he A-B tested it on dating apps and LinkedIn and such, and Aiden was easier. And sometimes, you know, it's it's your choice. So it's, it's not necessarily a destination. It's kind of like a journey. Mm. And what does all of this mean for your journalism moving forward? I think that as a journalist, especially one that I mentioned, like being female and, you know, from the immigrant community and Asian, I think it's imp- my mission I've always seen as a journalist is to help other people feel seen and to make sure they get heard and to be a speaker for those voices that, you know, don't get that chance. That's always what I've seen as my mission. And your happy now that you've reclaimed your identity that's you feel you feel good about that i think it's still like i said it's a pair of jeans you you get comfortable with it i still uh it's still awkward to see it in its full form mm. you know um it's still new uh it's still like do i introduce myself with a full thing do i just say marion i think i'm still getting used to it all yeah I suppose, I mean, thinking of our audience right now, who are maybe other journalists, they are editors, media pros, and, and maybe some of the lessons to take away with them. You know, I think one of the rookie errors all of us have made at some stage or another is mispronouncing names or misspelling names. And I've made this mistake, and it's clear to me that it's it's a sensitive subject and, and it can offend people. So do you have any advice along those lines about, you know, um, just the necessary steps to take for for journalists around this area? I think it's just to ask, how do I pronounce it? Or what do you want me to call you? Um, Also, like I said, another offensive question people were getting from their names is where are you really from? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying that, it's like, what is your background? You know, just just being 
open and sensitive. Also, we were unsure with, since we're talking to editors, if my full name could fit the CMS, like if it would work with the system. So that was something at a test and then making sure it was the same on all my social media, especially all the official social media. Um, if it's on there on Slack, you know, if the pronunciation, what's nice about Slack and LinkedIn is you can include pronunciation now. Mm. So to make sure to check that, but to always just ask. And I, I think that if you ask, it's like I mentioned, Sumana, that 17 year old, she says that her litmus test and knowing if people care is if they bother to ask and if they try mm. to actually say her name. Yeah. Would you like to see your byline with the the Chinese um, uh, characters? Uh, that's how I have it on Twitter, actually, mm. and Facebook. It has the Chinese characters. But on, on the post website, I mean. Oh. Um, could, you, could you lobby for that? I, <laughs> I've never thought of that. That would be beautiful. I mean, the initial story, the image um the share image and the main image for the initial story was my chinese name and that wasn't something i asked for that was just beautiful that they mm, they it's got a nice graphic yeah it, yeah, yeah in, in calligraphy um but yeah that would that would be beautiful yeah. one little thing that i do just to leave our audiences with a nice little nugget here is i you know ask them when the when the tape is recording so i have it back to listen to uh, afterwards just in case um, so do you have any like little shortcuts or any secret tips? Yeah, that's a smart one. Like you broadcast people and TV people do, I think is, is a good one. I think even to write for this one, I repeatedly had the, um, the sources write out in their own way, how to pronounce it. Mm. Oh, um, I see. Like, um, in the phonetics, you mean? Yeah. in phonetics. Yeah. Got it. Well, Marion, listen, I really look forward to your next piece. Thank um, you. But uh, congratulations on the, on the two brilliant pieces you've done so far. And uh, thank you for taking the time to, to speak to me. Really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was a moving conversation and there are some takeaways for any of us. First of all, make no assumption about names. They can be incredibly important to people and it's always worth asking if you're unsure. It certainly isn't worth risking any offence. Second of all, don't underestimate the power of your voice or your name as a journalist. Marion shows what can happen when one person plucks up the courage to stand up and, to use her words, be a voice for others. I'd love to get your thoughts on today's episode. Find me on Twitter at jpgjournalism or email me on jacob at journalism.co.uk. Clips from today's episode have been used with permission from the Washington Post and you can check out all of our episodes on all your usual podcast platforms that's SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.